Welcome to the Serie A Show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Serie A Show. Hope you are all doing very well. As always, I am joined by Nima and Chloe. Not much to talk about this last match day because really the only winner was the coronavirus. <laughs> so we'll uh, let's let's talk Europe because that seems to be the more uh, the more popular talking point. I mean, from the last match day, Roma won. I, I guess that was really the only <laughs> only notable result, with several of the matches in the league being canceled due to the outbreak of the coronavirus. But, um, um, I mean, obviously, we feel sorry for anybody involved. Yeah. Um, but you know, but it was kind of an anticlimax having the rest of the. Um, matches cancelled. Uh, Fiorentina Milan. Fiorentina Milan was a kind of an interesting game, wasn't it? Like in in terms of how that ended and the penalty and the controversy that followed there. I think I rather would have had the coronavirus and had to have been subjected to that match again. <laughs> I thought that was uh, the, as far as aesthetics go. That was not exactly no. It, it, it was really yeah, and the and the one beautiful thing was correctly called off to handball when Ibrahimovic did that, which was absolutely gorgeous, but that, that goal was disallowed for handball, and, you know, we can't we can't have too many complaints because that's the rules, and the referees are supposed to apply the rules as they are. I think it's an idiotic rule because I don't think that's handball at all, uh, but, but you know, it is what it is. But the game wasn't pretty at all, um, and, and uh, I was expecting a little bit more, especially from, from Fiorentina, to be honest. Yeah, they were they were they were good when they they beat Milan four one earlier in the season at San Siro. So I thought it was going to be better. But I mean, Milan have improved since then. To be fair, so sure. probably a bit more of a difficult game. But Lazio uh, Lazio's away game against Genoa was just crazy. That was such an entertaining game to watch, and it was nail biting until the very end. Um, and and Ciro Immobile continues to score, and Lazio continue to win. Uh, albeit Genoa aren't exactly the best team in the world, but uh, they look much, much better. And if they play like that, I, I don't think they'll be relegated. No, I think I think bringing in Davide Nicola was a smart move. I mean, we all saw um, what he did with Crotone a couple of years ago. Um, and I think Genoa have looked much, much better since he's arrived. It was just really weird. And I don't know how they're going to handle the calendar now because it just seems so weird to only cancel a handful of them where you have like we just saw today the Swiss League um, they canceled all of the matches until I believe the middle of March so I don't know how they're going to handle the calendar I absolutely hate when you have a handful of clubs who have a match in hand Yeah, it just completely throws off the table and the perspective that you have in regards to the table for sure I don't understand I don't understand why they just don't go forward with the uh with uh, let's play the games behind closed doors, because that's what they're afraid of. I mean, instead of just canceling everything, just, you know, just say we have to play behind closed doors because we want to contain the spread of this virus. And, you know, and that, that I mean, I can understand why they don't want 80,000 or 50,000 or 20,000 people congregating when you have an issue this big. I, I completely understand that. I just think it's a little bit of an overreaction to just cancel everything. Yeah, I completely agree, Nima. All right, now let's jump into Leon Juve. I mean, I complained about Fiorentina Milan aesthetics. Oh, my God. Maurizio Sarri, pal, it's essentially March now. But for your team to look like this and have 
I mean, if you compare, I mean, he it, it even took a while for his Chelsea to understand the way he wants to play. And post-match, he goes on Sky oh, Sport. He's talking Lord. with Fabio Capello. And Capello essentially says, you know, your build-up play was incredibly slow. Mm. Um, I was watching Real Madrid, Manchester City, and it felt like that match was being played at twice the speed as yours. How can you explain that? And Saturday essentially says, yeah, you're right. I don't know what it is. My guys can't understand that we have to move the ball fast. Pal, it's, it, it, it's, it's March. Well, I, I mean, what do you mean they don't know how to play the ball fast by now? Well, I think, I think he's – I agree with that assessment. But I think that in this particular case, I think he is to blame. I think he got it all wrong. And it seems like he doesn't, he doesn't seem to know how and when – to play which players in his midfield against what opposition. I, I'm a firm, firm advocate that when you play teams that park the bus for you, if you're Juventus and you're playing teams that park the bus and defend deep and shrink spaces, you cannot have Miralem Pjanic to play as your regista. It just doesn't work. He's too slow uh, and, it, uh, and, and, he, and, and, he need, and he fiddles with the ball a little bit too much. But when you have Rodrigo Bentancur, which they did in the second half, when, when you have Rodrigo Bentancur and you have Aaron Ramsey and you have someone like Adrian Rabiot, then, then, then you should play the 4-3-1-2 with Higuain and Ronaldo with Dybala behind, not the 4-3-3, because Dybala cannot play in that system. He looks, I mean, we know that he's been in good form because we've seen how he's played so far this season. He does not know how to play in that system. He disappears. He looks, you know, he looks, he looks like he's been like the past two years when we've been thinking that maybe he's passed it or whatever. He just does not fit that system. So when they play the 4-3-1-2 and they have against teams that defend this deep, deep and they have someone like Ben Tancur who's quicker on the ball, who has a much more aggressive demeanor in how he plays, who moves the ball faster, then they can use the pace of their fullbacks uh, and wingers, or in this case if they, you know, if you play Cuadrado as a wingback and Alexandro, they can get them to the ball, the ball to them quicker, who can cross the ball into space uh, to, to, for players to attack. Uh, when they play, when they play against teams that attack them and also leave space, then I think you should play Miralem Pjanic because that gives him more time on the ball and his fiddling with the ball doesn't hurt Juve as much and he's got the craft and vision to play into space. So I think this was this was a mistake by Sarri um, because he knew what he was going into and because and this is how how teams prepare and play against them every single week in the in, in the Serie A. So I think. It's, this is more an indictment of him in this particular case than at Juve as a whole. Chloe, what do you make of it? Part of me thinks, yeah, Nima, to an extent I agree from an individual standpoint. I think there's some tinkering that needs to be done. There are obviously players who don't fit this system at all, but they're not even remotely close to the football of Saturday that we saw at Empoli, Napoli, Chelsea. For me, this almost feels like it goes beyond individuals. Yeah, I I have to agree with you, John. I I I think that um, if if you're looking at it closely, then Nima is is correct in his assessment of the match in particular. But I think sort of zooming out a little bit, um, that it's I think that for eight years these players have been playing a particular kind of football, um, and it's always been especially with the um in recent times with Allegri it's been a slow controlled build up and last season in the Champions League we we saw Juve play and they looked like a team from the 1940s because the modern <laughs> way of um Liverpool and 
even Atalanta you can point to with the the pressing and the pace and the uh, positive forward movement is that's the modern way now and um, I I think that Sari is trying to get his team in that in that way we we know he must be because that's how he played at Napoli and that's how he played at Empoli but it, and he said that the players uh, did play like that they did play with speed in training which is quite interesting to me um and I think that when it came down to it when it came down to the match you bear in mind that everyone says about Juve oh they'll come good in February March they're going to come good when the Champions League knockouts come they're going to be great and then it came to the Champions League knockouts and it's all almost like the players were caught in two minds like um Sari wants us to play this adventurous football but we feel safer doing it the old way and they were sort of it seemed to me like they were trapped between two ideologies and that and that's why they kind of froze and why they look so awful um it it just that's a great I, I point. that's a great point that's a great assessment what you know when you've been playing that way for eight yeah. years and it's yeah. worked and and you're always sort of, even if it's subconsciously, you're always going to want to fall back on that because it's what served you so well for all this time and this new approach is scary. And maybe that's Sari's frustration that they can do it in training with no pressure, but when it comes down to it and everybody's eyes are on them and Juve have got to win the Champions League because that's that's their stated aim, that they kind of freeze up. And and I don't know, that's my kind of theory of, of what happened uh, versus Lyon. Well, and here's the thing, too. I mean, we've had, even when Saturday was initially appointed, these are the similar, or these were the questions we were asking, if they could adopt his way of playing. And you have to wonder, if they could go back and do this all over again, if they would actually appoint him. Because it, it for the life of me, I, I just can't understand. You have a Ronaldo who you paid a lot of money for, you're obviously paying huge wages to, in the twilight of his career, it's very clear you have a very limited window of time here. Two, three, we, we could debate on the actual time frame, but I wouldn't say it's beyond three years. It just seems so bizarre that you would appoint Saturday knowing full well. It's almost like you're throwing away, not throwing away, but it, it, you're, you're going to need a huge, huge time period to adapt to his, to his way of playing. Listen, it's only one to zero. They're going back to Torino. I would think that they could overcome this result fairly easily. In fact, I would probably give Lyon only maybe a 20% chance of actually progressing exactly. past Juve. But still, it, part of me just feels like this just is not working whatsoever. And it's almost as if they're better off just cutting ties. Nah, come on. Nah, I, I disagree. I think I think a lot of it. Uh, I think a lot of it hangs on what happens on this this Sunday night against Inter uh, at the Juventus uh, at the Allianz Stadium. Uh, I mean, if if they were to, because I think I think this was actually maybe the best thing that could have happened to them in the in the long run. This kind of performance where they didn't even get a shot on goal, uh, and they prefer this this kind of wake up call, which kind of. <clears throat> which kind of works as a kick in the backside of everyone. Because uh, I think that now they're going to go into that game against Inter to make a point. And then they're going to continue making a point because everyone is angry. No one was happy. Cristiano Ronaldo was furious. Sarri was absolutely fuming. I mean, he said one of the funniest things I've ever heard, uh, which I've never heard a Juventus say, Juventus coach say, which if you want to... <laughs> 
you can interpret it that kind of any way you want to after the game when he says uh, that if, if if this were the you know if this was is the Serie A in Italy we would have had two penalties, but in Europe they have a different yardstick and we have to adapt to it. I mean <laughs> that's that's kind of you know that, that's such a sorry thing to say, but you can construe <laughs> that either way you want to. Like, but but he was furious, and I think that's a good thing for you. But I think you would need to be fuming uh to kind of get this wake-up call and and i don't i i actually i actually think that inter are the ones that are going to pay for this uh at the allianz stadium because a pissed off juventus with a point to prove uh concentrated to the max you know i don't think it matters if they play this game if, you know now before the leon game i would have said it was advantage inter to play this game behind closed doors but now i don't think it matters if they play it in front of elephants cows people empty they're going to come out there and they're going to completely try to prove a point because they're angry uh and and that's that that can't be good for inter it's it's never good to play juve the game after they've lost never it's they they very rarely lose two in a row, do they? I mean, um, but I th- I think if you if you think right back to when Max Allegri was fired in the summer, with four out of five possible Coppa Italia wins and five out of five league wins, there were only two possible reasons for getting rid of him. The first is that he couldn't get them over through that glass ceiling to win the Champions League, and the second is that his football was boring as hell, especially at the end. So it depends here for me whether... If, you, if you're going to make that radical shift after all this time, because um, let's face it, Conte is not that dissimilar to Allegri in, the, in his approach. Um, if you're going to make that shift, then there's going to be a period of pain. And, you, you know, nobody else has ever won eight titles in a row. It, they've... They've got to either be brave enough to ride out the storm and see what happens afterwards. Is Sarri really good enough? Or they've got to sack him and then where do they go then? After they've made the move, the hardest thing was to make the move, to fire Allegri and bring in Sarri. Where do they go from there? I mean, even Guardiola didn't win his first uh, league title at, at his first year in charge at, at Manchester City and it, and it's not as important for them because there's not the expectations that there is with Juve but you know are are they my question is are they brave enough to see this out and to to give Sari enough time to to give it a good go I think they are I think they are I think Juve this is Juve they don't sack coaches they look down on sacking coaches through you know they, they don't that's not how they operate and I think it would take something really you know, like a 7-0 loss to Inter this weekend, like something like really out of the ordinary for them to sack Sarri, I think. Yeah, I, I wouldn't expect it. But part of me, again, wonders if had they known there would have been this long of a period of adaptation, if they would look back on it and perhaps regret it a bit. But who knows? Anyway, Napoli in Barcelona. What did you two make of that one? Because that... <laughs> Part of me thinks that Napoli may feel a bit hard done, uh, but then the other part of me thinks, oh, that actually isn't a bad result. I mean, Barcelona, it felt like out of the 90 minutes, had the ball for 89 of them. I mean, the thing about that is I think you're absolutely right when you look at it. But when you look at the game itself, I feel that it was a missed opportunity for Napoli. Uh, a game where Juventus, where uh, Barcelona were really, really poor. Uh, you know, um, Napoli's tactics were working; they were frustrating them, but they, 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 they weren't able to capitalize on that chance, which I think is, 
is going to hurt them in the end because at, at, especially at home because at the San Paolo Stadium they can beat and they have beaten everyone um, and 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 I think it's such, it's such a shame because it really feels like a missed opportunity where they could have gotten the second goal or the the advantage of two nil or two one to go into the Camp Nou because it's going to be a completely different ball game at the Camp Nou. Uh, that's a cauldron, and Barcelona can demolish and have demolished most teams there. So um, I, I, my my sensation is sure it's a good result, but it still feels like a missed opportunity given how the game looked. I think I agree it, it was a missed opportunity, but I mean, <laughs> tracking back to how poor Napoli were, I mean, I know that they, mm. they did okay under Ancelotti in the Champions League and beat Liverpool, etc. But I mean, considering their horrific season, I, I read through some of the um, post-match comments from some of the Barca players and they were so annoyed. They were so annoyed that, that Napoli had basically put 11 men behind the ball and frustrated the hell out of them. Um, Rakitic said so, and so did Busquets. And I think, <laughs> I'm sorry, but I think to be able to frustrate Barcelona and make their players annoyed like that is a victory in, in anybody's book. Um, and, you know, Gattuso is again proving that he's he's not just all about his grit and his determination and his ability to motivate I think he he is he is getting better and he's learning you know he's learning he's learning the skills and he's learning how to frustrate a team that have destroyed many many other teams away from home in the Champions League now in your mind Chloe has he done enough to warrant being handed the job beyond this season um certainly in in the medium term um I think he's he's good for a rebuild job um, at any time, and and maybe a little bit beyond that. Um, perhaps if they want to be challenging for the title again, they need to bring in somebody else. But uh, yeah, certainly for giving him, a, he deserves a go next season for for the work he's done. But I just got to say as a side note, there is nothing that I love more than listening to Barcelona and their players whinge after <laughs> they've someone has been frustrating them as if as if it's not fair. They play defensive football. Boo-hoo. It's like I absolutely love it. It's music to my ears. I just love to listen to them cry like little babies when over this. And they do it. And they've done it for the past 30, 40 years ever since. It's as if playing defensively against them and to your own team's strength and to their to their weaknesses is like cheating and it's so hilarious to listen no, it brings that it brings out the three-year-old in me do you know what i mean like it's like it, yeah you know oh I mean? completely yeah i you definitely can't be whining like that it's it's absurd <laughs> it's so um funny. europa league we had roma and inter progress in the competition uh can either of them win this thing i read this the other day since the since it became the Europa League, not a single Italian club has played in the final. Which at first I didn't believe, but then I looked back and I go, yeah. "Oh wow, that That's that actually sad, is that actually is a." Well, remember uh, earlier in the decade, how many clubs would just punt it? I mean, that, and that's uh, more or less why uh, Italy lost so many points in that coefficient because, as, as everybody remembers, it. it Italy had earlier in the decade, you had guaranteed four places and then it went to three. Um, yeah, it, it's hard to believe that not a single Italian club has been to the final. Can either Inter or Roma do something in this competition? Yeah, we all know that Conte doesn't uh, favour the Europa League, does he? I mean, he's obsessed with winning the league, so he's obviously going to play his reserve players. But the thing is that 
you know, Inter's reserve players now are Christian Eriksen and Alexis Sanchez. And that's True. that's yeah. a pretty good reserve team to have. No, but in my opinion, I think Inter got Inter both Inter and Roma got the two teams that they absolutely shouldn't have gotten. I think Sevilla play play like Roma but better. Uh, and, and oh come on, they barely progressed. <laughs> I think Sevilla is going to str- Roma are going to struggle against Sevilla, and I think Inter are going to struggle like hell against Getafe. Getafe are 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 are, are a poor man's Atletico Madrid, and that is going to oh that is gonna come Sevilla won on away goals to Cluj, yeah. who are also part-time footballers. Oh, come, come on, on part-time I think Sevilla they have that pedigree in the Europa League, don't they? And yeah. that. It just kind of jeeps them on a little bit. Hold on. I have to make a note here. So if Roma don't progress past Sevilla, I'm going to put a moratorium on anybody. And anybody who finds an article that's written like this, please send it to me. I, I, I urge you. If anybody writes something to the effect of, oh, look, Roma were knocked out by Sevilla. They were wrong I'll to let Monchi go. <laughs> If anybody, I'm warning you now, if, if I don't care whether you're Italian, <laughs> Spanish, Finnish, somebody link me to any journalist who writes this, and I will be happy to have a go at them. I'm because, going to be enjoying oh, this. Um, I'm going. My God. If, if that happens. But you can already tell that they'd be desperate to make that link. You can already just feel it, can't you? I, I could come up with a list of war crimes that Monchi made while at Roma <laughs> as to why he should have been sacked a year previously. I, 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 it's... I'm so tired of these simplistic hot takes that people make like it i mean monchi monchi was wrong for roma does it mean that monchi is utterly crap in everything he's done of course not it's as if nuance and the ability to keep more than one head one thought in one's head is just is 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 outlawed and punishable by death or torture like no stop it monchi's a great great director he was just wrong at roma it's both of those things are true, and and these hot takes to to tr- to try to sound intelligent by saying stupid shit like that, which is going to happen. We all know it's going to happen. In fact, because I know, because I find it as a, I have this perverted, uh, I have this perverted urge of watching you get angry online. So I might actually write it myself under a pseudonym just to just to piss you off, because I think it's fun when you're angry and when you go off on it on Twitter. I I do, and you know I do. But no, I, I honestly think that it would be such a stupid link to make. I honestly do. It, it's ridiculous. I mean, Monchi has his history and his career, and we saw what happened at Roma. Why can't we just say that it was a bad fit and move on? Because that would yeah, be too sensible. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, it would and be we sensible, don't do that. But, <laughs> but in this fairness, I think, I think what Monchi did at Roma goes beyond sensibility. Yeah. <laughs> because... Yeah. I can understand why there is so much uh, vitriol and disdain for him if you are a Roma supporter because he did. I I mean, again, in most countries, these would qualify as war crimes. I I mean, (laughs) you're just angry that he he spelt your name wrong. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So backstory for for two seasons when he and I would speak, he spelled my name J-H-O-N, which... I had never seen before. The only time I had seen that was uh, in Narcos on Netflix in the first season. This is so funny. That bodyguard, what was his name? Uh, Limon? The the bodyguard for Pablo Escobar. I think his real name was John, and he spelled it J-H-O-N. For like the first six... 
Well, for the first six months, I was like, is this guy is this guy an imbecile? Like, my name is written. It's at the top of WhatsApp. Like, It's not hard. He has me saved in his phone because anytime I would call him or he would call me, he would, John. I, like, I don't, I don't get it. So but he constantly spelt it wrong. This will never I already reached out to funny. him. This will never stop being funny. <laughs> well, just about every Roma journalist reached out to him, myself included, and he doesn't want to give interviews, and rightly so. In fairness, he's going to get pillaged by Roma supporters in the press for the next couple of weeks before they meet. He is such a nice guy that there's a certain nickname that Roma supporters call him that I have yet to physically type out on my phone as much as I've been tempted to from a supporter standpoint mongo um it's very harsh very very harsh um oh god roma twitter and there's actually well hold on and i have to state this there is there is some lady in arizona of the united states who has a pet turtle named mongo and she tweets she tweets out videos of this turtle named Mongo and people have replaced Monchi's face with this turtle's face and I have to admit some of it some of it is extremely funny albeit juvenile yeah um, it's very childish but it's still funny and you feel kind of it, it is funny but anyway I do feel bad because he's going to get pillaged he's he's a lovely guy very 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 sensitive um, extremely sensitive. So part of me actually feels bad for Why some of the... Why the hell did he go to Romo if he was sensitive? That's what I was going to say of all the places to go. <laughs> oh, God. It's like Naples and Rome. Stay away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, very, very, very sensitive. Um, I don't know if I've told this story, but he actually searches his name on Twitter if you don't tag him. Oh, you mean like Moji does? You mean like Moji does? Mo- mm, Moji yeah, does yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Monchi, he, he he searches his name on Twitter because I, I, I made a very small level criticism and he responded back like, oh, you think I'm an idiot now? I'm like, well, <laughs> relax, pal. Like, this is brilliant. Don't search your name. That's like the worst thing you could ever do. Who does that? you have that? a social media account. Who does that? A glutton for punishment. That's who does that. <laughs> It's like don't Why? read comments, isn't it? Like you yeah, just, exactly. Oh, you yeah, do not yeah, read the comment yeah. sections, and you don't search your names. Like nothing good can ever come from that. Like self-preservation. We've gotten off the tracks here, and that's my fault. So this weekend, behind closed doors, thank you, coronavirus. We have Juve and Inter. So again, it's really weird not playing a match in front of fans <laughs> because when you're watching it on the television, it's. It's so bizarre to hear the managers yelling, the players yelling, the goalkeeper shouting instructions. So, Nima, how, how do you feel about this one? I have to quote Capello here because he's like, I urge everyone to cut out the mics near Antonio Conte. Like, I mean, can you just imagine what him shouting like a rabid, insane dog for 90 minutes, cussing everyone and their mothers out? Uh, live on TV like that, like you know, it, it's it's going to be horrible, and 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 you know, he's he's going to come off. You know, we know how he acts, but we can't hear him. So now we can hear him. <laughs> I, you I, should I, just that... think yourself lucky it's no longer Spalletti, because then you really would be in for something special. <laughs> yeah, but Spalletti, Spalletti, he's 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 weird in a different way. Yeah, he's he's less vocal, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he he looks he he his expressions are are an absolute delight, but <laughs> but with Conte, he just looks like like a rabid wild dog, like like he's going to rip your arms off if he can get, and and he's pointing at seven different directions, and no one understands what he's saying, and. 
No, that is, I, I you know, he, he I think that is going to be, that, that's one aspect of it. But the other is that, you know, this is going to be such an eerie, eerie experience. I mean, it's Juve Inter for crying out loud. This is Conte's first game back at the, at the, at the Allianz Stadium. Uh, and it's going to be dead quiet. You're not going to hear anything. It's going to be like so, it's going to be, that is so weird. It, I, I don't know. I, this is going to be one for the ages. It's going to be weird. Chloe, does the lack of supporters in the stadium favor one side versus another, in your opinion? <laughs> what well, could be really mean here and say, you it always sounds like there are no fans in the stadium, but no, I'm not. Ooh, oh. burn. <laughs> I actually had a Juve fan say that to me yesterday, saying there won't be much difference because it's been dead at the Allianz all season. <laughs> uh. No, no. Um, I, I think... It will be strange for both sides. I mean, it's, it's just football without fans is is not normal, is it? We, you know, it, it's it's odd whichever way you look at it, and um, it's a shame. But if that's what they think needs to happen to keep people virus free, then yeah. No, I, I think it's. I think. I think. I think it absolutely. As I said before, I think it spoke to Inter's favor up until that game against Lyon, because now. Juve are going to come out there with all cylinders firing, and I and I I hope Inter approach this game with the co- maximum concentration because otherwise they're going to be ripped apart. Because Juventus are furious, and and it's not fun to play a Juve that's this angry. The only the only saving grace here is maybe if if, if they can't contain that anger in, and and transform it into what they usually do, and that's a performance. Uh, if if it's if it turns into just rage and anger and 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 they and they kind of lose their marbles a little bit, then uh, then 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 well, Conte could take advantage of that. Exactly, exactly, and and that's because he I'm knows he that. knows how to play with aggression and he knows how to fire. His oh play. yeah. So, absolutely know. no. So, so I'm, 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 I'm actually thinking. Uh, for me, Juve are going to win this. Uh, I, I thought Inter could win this before, before that, before that game uh, against Lyon. But after that, I'm, you know, the Juve that I expect to see on Sunday is going to be a Juve that comes out flying out of the blocks, and that's never a good thing. <laughs> that's never a good thing. Yeah, it's definitely going to be an odd one, and uh, yeah, we'll have to see how it plays out and how the lack of supporters in the stands influences everything. So, but I want to ask you, but I just wanted to ask you, what do you what do you think about the Europa League? Just quickly going back to that, do you think Inter and Juve will Inter and Roma will go through, or do you think uh, the, just Roma or, or, or what's your? No, I think they both go through. Think... I think they both go through. Yeah, I hope. Right. Yeah, I think they both do it. Um, because I, I think we're going to get to a point here with Roma where maybe Fonseca realizes that maybe that is the better path as opposed to fighting for fourth. Um, I, I wonder if he'll get to that point where he just sees the Europa League as a more advantageous route to the Champions League. I, I just think they're going to be so motivated that that will certainly play a big part. Um, now, now, whether it affects them negatively or positively remains to be seen. But yeah, I, I do think they both go through. I do think they both go through, which would be great for Italy. For um, sure, for sure. All right, we'll be back next Wednesday where um, hopefully the coronavirus is at least toned down a little bit. Yes. Um, again, I, I absolutely despise when they do this with the calendar where they postpone some matches and not the other because now the table looks different from a certain perspective versus another, and I absolutely despise it. So uh, we will be back next Wednesday to discuss all of the matches and all of the action that happens at the weekend. So as always, everybody, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you later. Bye-bye.